Welcome to the Inspired with Mika Lori podcast. Michelle, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited too. Awesome. I know we're going to talk about something that is like truly near and dear to both our hearts. We're going to talk about kind of the uh, growth mindset and fixed mindset. I know I work with my clients on some of that, but you have a really unique approach to it. You work with children kind of to help them develop resilience and confidence and those kind of things. So I can't wait to get into it. Me too. Very excited. So before we start, can you tell me a little bit about your backstory? Like, who are you? What do you do? What got you into where you're at today? Okay, well, I am an elementary school teacher. I've been teaching for, it's my 16th year teaching. And interestingly enough, I didn't always know I wanted to be a teacher. I did a bachelor's degree in psychology, and I was considering going all the way in psychology and and pursuing that. And I took a year off, and I went to Spain, and I really wanted to teach children English there. Yeah. Um, the job I got ended up being teaching adults, but I loved teaching. And then I came back here to Canada and I went back to school for teaching and I've been loving it ever since. So that's awesome. Yeah. Kind of kindred spirits there. Cause I, same thing. I have a degree in psychology and then my cousin, so I didn't, but my cousin went to Spain and she spent a de- about a decade out there teaching people how to speak English in Spain. So very similar kind of situations there. Yeah, definitely. So tell me a little bit about like, how did you start thinking about working with children? Like what issues were you seeing or what experience did you have that you realized that you needed to start supporting them in confidence and those kind of things? Yeah. So when I started off teaching, I taught in an inner city school and there were a lot of needs in that school. Um, I loved it. I loved the kids there. I was there for about six years and um, I ended up moving to another area with really supportive families. Often they had one parent that was able to stay home with them. Like in theory, they had everything yeah. they needed to be successful and thrive. And when I moved there, I noticed that there weren't less needs in the classroom. Yeah, They were just different needs. There was so much anxiety and just fear of trying new things and seeing these little ones shut down and not even be willing to try. And I was like, okay, maybe it's just my first couple years. Like maybe it's a fluke and no, it's only gotten more. And since COVID in particular, yeah. like continued to get worse. So I just became passionate about this isn't right. Like we need to help these kiddos. And so I did a lot of research um, on growth mindset and uh, the work of Carol Dweck, the Mm -hmm. psychologist Mm -hmm. who created it and started implementing it in my classroom and uh, have seen a lot of positive changes. That's awesome. So I definitely want to hear more about that. But before we kind of get into the experience that you've had and what you've seen, can you explain like what is the basic idea between behind growth mindset or fixed mindset and and particularly how does that relate to children too? Yeah. So a fixed mindset is the idea that you're kind of either born intelligent or not. Mm -hmm. So people with a fixed mindset, okay, I'm like born 
uh, good at math. I'm just good at math or I'm a natural athlete. Yeah. There's not the idea that things can be changed, right? You can improve a little bit, but you're kind of good at it or not. And often people with a fixed mindset, they have a hard time accepting feedback and they, um, if something's challenging for them, sometimes they won't persist with it. They'd rather just do something they're already good at. Yeah. Um, And that's in contrast to a growth mindset where the belief is, okay, um, people are not born smart or not. It's all about you can put effort into something and you can learn and you can improve. So like that's the core belief. And like in classroom, kids with a growth mindset that I would see, they are the ones who they finish their work and they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I want to challenge one. Like give me harder math questions and they'll sit and persist on something. Right. And yeah. um, Yeah. And that's in contrast to some of the other ones who um, they just shut down if something's hard or they won't even start. They won't even start it. It's interesting because I see that with adult clients too. Like it, it's like you get stuck in this little like rut, and you unless you work on it and you practice it and you kind of see it, it seems like it it sticks with the children all the way until adulthood. So it's so cool that you're helping these children kind of make that shift early on. Yes, and I have a deep dark secret to share with you, which okay. is that the reason. I mean, it's not that. Like, I, it sounds better than it is, but like, really, the reason I'm passionate about it is because, as a kid, I was the fixed mindset kid, mm-hmm. and to an extent, I still am now. Like, yeah, I was a perfectionist, so I would only want to do something, um, hand it in if it was perfect. And yeah. even now, as a teacher, right. I work a lot and I go through things and try to make them perfect because, you know, what if, what if my principal didn't like something I was doing? Right. So, um, that's actually what, when I saw kids like this, I was like, this is a little me. And, um, I only wish that I would have had somebody recognize that in me when I was younger, because it is a lot harder when you're already an adult to shift. <laughs> to make that shift. Um, yeah. I, yeah, which I have made improvements, but a lot of the improvements I've made in myself have been through teaching the kids and yeah. like myself implementing the strategies as we go. So Isn't that, that I mean, that's what they always say. I think so many people become, you know, health coaches or life coaches or whatever, because they see the issue in themselves and then they learn it like good enough. And then they want to share what they've learned with everybody else so that they can help those people. But the reality is, is that as they're teaching it, that's what's actually ingraining it in themselves. Like, you know, you have to teach to learn kind of thing. If I don't know if that makes sense, but it's, it makes total sense. It, yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah. How funny. It's one of the things what, what you were talking made me think about. I don't know who said it or where I learned it, but something really stuck in me was to not emphasize um, like, like good grades or like, my daughter um, doing an excellent thing, but instead to emphasize the effort 
or like the the work that she put into it. And so I remember hearing that it was probably like a TikTok video or something, honestly, which is sad. <laughs> but like, I just remember that really sticking to me. And it was this whole mental shift that I took on with my daughter and really trying to talk to her about, you know, I'm proud of you when you put hard work in. Like, I don't care if you get the answer right. I don't care if it's whatever. It's It's the effort that you put into trying to solve whatever the problem is. And that's so true. That is how I am in my classroom with children. Like, it's not like, oh, it doesn't matter what you do. The quality of your work doesn't matter. But it's like, I'm going to be equally as proud of a student who gets everything wrong on a test. But I saw what do they do when they get it wrong? Okay, they got something wrong and then they tried something else and then they kept trying and changing yeah. their strategies versus the one who just got it all right because they already knew it. You know, they had some background knowledge. So I tell the students, I say, am I going to be more proud of you if you get them all right? Mm-hmm. Or, and no, like I say, I watch what you're doing when something doesn't go right for you. I pay attention. Are you trying a different strategy? So the feedback uh, is huge. And sometimes parents unknowingly thinking they're doing, you know, the best for their child with the feedback they give unknowingly, they reinforce a fixed mindset. So, yeah. yeah. When So you've mentioned some of them already, but what are some of the kind of common signs or like traits that you see in the children who have that fixed mindset? Like what are, what are they doing day to day at school that, that you can identify? Yeah. So there's like a whole spectrum of what I might see, but all the way from the child who, you know, just shuts down at a learning task, you know, bursting into tears or getting really dysregulated when they're asked to do something that they don't know. Yeah. So that's like the one end of the spectrum. But then also there's the other end of these students who are very high achieving students and they just, they see themselves as I am smart. I'm the smart kid, Mm -hmm. Um, but they just kind of do the minimum. Yeah. And you're like, you have so much potential. Just try this challenge. Just try it. But it's like they're known as the smart kid and they don't want to do anything that might interfere with that. Right. So like they won't try the challenge because what if I got it wrong? Mm -hmm. Like, how does that affect people's view on me? So I think both are equally important. Yeah, absolutely. Neither is reaching their potential because both have a block there. Yeah. How does the parental role play in that? Like giving them praise or like, like how does that either support them with the growth mindset and getting into that or help them or cause them, I guess, to stay stuck in this fixed mindset? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's always really innocent because parents want the best for their child, but it's like they come home and it's like, oh, let me see your test. Oh, you got a hundred percent. That's great. You know, and in theory, like, yeah, you're, you're praising them. They did a good job. It's sort of a shift into the way you praise them. Like Mm -hmm. they bring something home and it's like, oh, like, tell me about it. Like when you were working on it, like, was this challenging for you or, you know, and say, 
wow, like even if they got some wrong, being like, wow, like I saw that you got these wrong, um, but it looks like from looking at your paper, like you tried a few things, like you didn't just skip the questions, like you worked through it. Um, And like you said, how you heard that about your daughter, like praising the process Mm -hmm. and the strategies that they use over the outcome. Yeah. So can you give me a couple examples? Like, um, I don't know, say you have a student in your class and they're struggling to, they're like afraid to raise their hand or to be engaged in something. What are some of the, I don't know, techniques or things you would say? What are some of the strategies you might use to help that kid kind of build more confidence? Definitely. Um, in my classroom, I start off the year building a community where we're all supportive of each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, the praise comes in, wow, you tried something that was new. Wow. You stepped out of your comfort zone right from the beginning of the year. Yeah. And I actually set up protocols in my classroom. Like if you're working with a partner, with a peer, and they're having a hard time with something, like how can you support them? Do you just give them give them the answer and like tell them what to do? No, like here's some words you can say to them to encourage them or here's a way you can suggest they try something different. So it's like the whole way I set up my classroom is a community where we're actually here to try lots of new things and it's not about getting them all right. It's about, you know, trying and uh, teaching them about their brain, like it's actually growing your brain when mm-hmm. you make a mistake and then you recover from it and you try something different, whether or not you eventually get the right answer or not, like it's yeah. good for your brain. Um, so for parents, I would say it's about setting up that culture in your home too, where it's like, okay, so what did you do today that was scary or what did you do today at school that like you kind of got out of your comfort zone yeah I I I actually go ahead yeah um I don't know if you know Sarah Blakely she's the yeah she's a woman who created I was gonna say yes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so she talks about her dad when she would come home her and her brother every day from school he would be like Kate what did you fail at today yes you know and she would say something and he would like all the, you know, all the praise, all the like, well, that's awesome. Like it must've been hard for you and you failed and that's great. And like, you're still here. And yeah. so she said it was never about the outcome. It was about taking those risks. So for parents, like setting up that type of a culture in your home, like, a, yeah, like that's the expectation is we're all going to try things. That yeah. Are- that's funny. That's the exact example I was going to give is I, I remember her saying that and it just sticking with me too is like, would you fail at today? And then him being disappointed when she didn't fail at something like, uh, and one of the things that I started doing with my daughter too, is I would pick her up from school and it used to be like, I'd ask her how was school? And she'd say, fine, you know, or I would ask her, what'd you learn today? And she goes, I don't remember. And so it was just these close 
these closed responses, right? Like there was no engagement in the conversation. And so I started instead asking her, like, what'd you work on today? And so then she had to think about like, what was it she actually worked on and like what, you know, lessons were going on and what projects were. And it started a much more open conversation where I could ask more questions and it was much more dynamic. And so I don't know, it's interesting when you switch, you as the parent switch how you're approaching things, you get very different responses from your child. Definitely. And sometimes it's just like small, subtle shifts mm-hmm. over like a period of time Yeah, can make all the difference, right? It's not like a big like, oh my goodness, I have to learn this um, totally new way of life. And right, yeah. like, yeah. it's like, it can be small things that you do over a period of time that will make a big difference for yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you do for somebody who has like a really um, emotional child? Like maybe they're fearful and they start crying or they get frustrated easily or, um, you know, maybe even some like behavioral issues. Like what do you do in those kind of situations to help the kid kind of manage their emotions and then, you know, kind of be more positive going forward about whatever the situation is? Yeah. Well, first of all, I try to, like, I guess as we were talking about, sort of prevent it in the first place. So, you know, when the community and the culture is different, it makes it less likely that they're going to be um, as nervous about it. But I really focus a lot on self-regulation for children. So I spend a lot of time with them on, okay, how can you recognize in your body when you're starting to get a feeling of like, okay, I'm nervous, right? Like not when it's too late, but like those beginning feelings. Okay, so like my tummy kind of hurts is a common one, right? I have a tummy ache. And then teaching them strategies that they can use like when it's just starting. So I have a whole range of different breathing activities they can do, or maybe for some children, it's like, I'm going to go for a walk and I teach them actually like mindful walking where you like breathe in and out as you step and you count your steps and for others, you know, go get a drink of water. So it's kind of personalized in that way, but finding out you know, trying some things with your child, some strategies around self-regulation and then what works for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. We, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but implementing like these different strategies or having support like this, how does that, you know, how does making the shift to the growth mindset really help the children like long-term. So if we're starting in the early years, making that shift and, you know, getting out of that rut, like we talked about earlier, how does that help them both academically and personally really going forward? Definitely. I think it's like, that's why I'm so passionate about it. It's it's everything, right? So like every grade, like in school, for example, every grade, they have an opportunity to either like learn a lot and absorb a lot and try a lot of new things. Um, but a lot of them don't, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're not engaging. They're afraid. They won't try something. And like from the age of like zero to 10 is really when their brain is developing and where like 
they need to be trying these experiences, right? It's like where the bulk of learning is. And actually they do say, I was listening to the Huberman lab. He was talking about all the way up to like the age of 20, right? Is when it's most, but zero to 10. So they're making the most out of all of these great learning experiences that are presented to them when they have that mindset and they're willing to try versus like the same child in the same class, like they get out of it. So helping them get out of their own way. Um, But that continues into life, right? Like how many times like did I play it safe and not do something that I, you know, really was passionate about doing because, oh, what would people think? Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you said get out of your own way, it really resonated with me. And I'm like, man, like every time I get out of my own way, my life ends up better. Like every single time, like I do that scary thing or like I commit to the thing that I was unsure about, but didn't know. And like, kind of, you know, but, but I did it and I got out of my way, my life got better. And so it's like getting, learning the tools to work past that fear, I think is so key. And just saying, okay, if Sarah Blakely wouldn't have had this growth mindset, like there would be no spanks probably yeah. so, like in my life, right? Like how many people are like, my life has changed because of spanks. And so, yeah. you know what, like that's, that's enough for me. <laughs> or, you know, just the fact that, you know, this, wo- this woman built a billion dollar, a billion dollar business even when she thought she couldn't, right? Because she worked past building that fear or worked past having that fear, I should say. Yeah, I honestly, truly, like that's why I'm so passionate. I believe it's like a life changer. And like the earlier you start with your kiddos, the better they will be. Yeah, yeah. So I know you have some some tools and different things that you offer to help parents. What like what are the some of the things that you offer to help them do this with their child? Yeah, well, I have just, you know, if you're starting out and you're like, I just want something quick and simple, I have a interactive book list, like a clickable book list with all of my most favorite books. So it's not like that awkward conversation with your child. It's yeah. like through story and getting them engaged. So I do off like have that just as like a free link, like mm-hmm. from, from my Instagram, but also I created a program for parents specifically called raising resilience because, well, the reason I created it is because I see the growth I have in the kids in one school year, but then they leave me and like have a net different teacher next year who might not have the same philosophy and, I don't have enough chance to really explain to the parents the strategies so that they can implement like them at home. So um, yeah, this program goes into so many different areas. It goes into praise. It goes into modeling failures. There's actually a whole section on like Mm self-regulation for children. Oh, that's huge. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then actually at the very end, it's like there's a whole section um called family failure funds. So it's actually a bunch of activities nice. you can do with your kids and kind of talking you through like ways to model like when you, you know, don't get something right. So um yeah, I'm really excited about it because it's my way to 
you know, help the children on a bigger scale. Like yeah. I just feel like the families need to be doing it as well. Man, that's, and- so, that's so cool. Like it's so huge. I think I know when I first met you and you had kind of told me about that course, like in, I think, I think the first thing I said to you was like, oh my God, I need that. I need that for me and my daughter, like to have that. I think it's such a cool, cool opportunity for the parents to help the children, but also probably for the parents to learn for themselves too. So (laughs) I have, I have one last question for you. It's a question. We always do some type of quick fire question at the end of the episode, Um, In this episode, since it's so much relating to like children growing and, you know, being really confident and resilient to our lives, what is the thing that inspires you the most to continue in your path forward? Oh, I mean, I, what inspires me the most is it's the kids. Like I've always felt like I don't have my own children and I've always felt like I'm a teacher because I need to help kids with growth mindset. Like this is my purpose. And then coming to the realization of like, oh my goodness, like more than helping 20 kids in my class every year, like I need to help more kids. So it's just that it's that that inspires me to keep doing it and talking about it. And like, it doesn't feel like work to me. Like I could, you know, I could keep you on here for many hours, Nika, talking about it because I just, um, I know that it makes such a difference. So yeah, that's yeah. okay. That's so huge. Well, first, I just want to recognize you and and say thank you for just being a teacher. You know, the world knows teachers do not get enough recognition. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing to support the kids in your classroom and the work that you're doing to support parents and, you know, the world full of children that could, you know, get access to your course and stuff too. So thank you for the work you're doing. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me on here. It was really fun. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, Nika here. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I truly hope you found value and inspiration. If you have, I'd be incredibly grateful if you took a moment to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend who you think might benefit from our discussion, and of course, leave a review. Your feedback not only helps me grow the show and design it to help you grow as much as possible, but also helps others find our show in the sea of podcasts out there. Do you have a burning question or a topic you're dying to hear about? please check out the show notes where you can record your request. Your question or guest suggestion might just be the highlight of a future episode. There's one more thing I want to share with you before I let you go today. There's a chance to get a free 30 minute coaching session with me, which could be featured on an upcoming episode. It's a fantastic opportunity for personalized advice and growth. And who knows our conversation could inspire countless others on their journey too. As you guessed it, link is in the show notes. So please check it out and sign up if you're interested. Once again, thank you so, so much for listening in and joining me today. Don't forget to act on the things that you've learned today so you can become the person who has the life, the career, and the success of your dreams. I'm wishing you a happy, healthy hustle, my friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.